0: Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Harmful Habits Podcast. In this episode, we talk about microaggressions and race. Without further ado, Elevation Beats.
1: Get more handsome each week.
0: Pretty much, yeah. It's the fame.
1: It's doing you wonders. Do you think um, at some point I need to leave Jamisa because it'll be too big and imbalanced? When are we going to end this conversation? <laughs>
2: uh, what's going on with your hair today?
1: It's just part of my riz.
2: Okay. I mean, how are you this week?
0: Pretty good. Can't complain. Lovely weather. Actually, it's been terrible weather, huh? With all the The smoke.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is the substance of y'all's conversation today. The weather.
2: I haven't seen, I mean, in
1: about 14 hours. You know,
0: got to warm up the conversation.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So, I mean, with that in mind, how about a dad joke? Oh, goodness. I
0: came prepared.
1: All right. Let's hear it. I'm just
2: going to breathe through these. (laughs)
0: So what do Alexander the Great and Winnie the Pooh have in common? (laughs) Their middle names.
1: (laughs) I mean, I really enjoyed that one. I Um, can't.
0: I literally looked up best dad joke of all time. That was on the list.
1: Oh, yeah. Tofu says, do we ask questions? Please do. uh, We're just dealing with the means dad jokes right now. (laughs) But today's topic will be race and microaggressions. Did the two of you do your homework?
2: Yep, and how about definitions?
1: Oh, wow. Um, So yeah, uh, Tofu, feel free to ask questions as we get into um, the topic today. And uh, my dad joke, if you'd like to hear it.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's hear it.
1: you ready for this, Jamisa? No, I'm not. Where do rainbows go when they get into legal trouble? Where? They go to prison for a light sentence. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. So, Tofu, for example, you could even comment on how much you enjoyed that joke. Don't. Please don't, Tofu. Don't. But in the meantime, please share, like, and give us a follow um, on the Harmful Habits podcast. Jamisa, Ben, and... Wait, that's me. Jamisa, Amin, and I um, talk about different harmful habits that we engage in individually and collectively in attempt to make the world a slightly better place. We try. Tofu said it was a good joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, god! I like, I like tofu already. Which one, though? Uh, I think it's uh, <laughs> probably mine.
0: Oh, dang it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm guessing for tofu. Oh, man. All right. So, today's topic, we are on episode five? Yes. Yes, we of are. Of season four. Mm-hmm. Season four, we've been talking about race. Mm-hmm. And episode five, we're going to start talking about microaggressions. So, Jamisa, seeing as you brought definitions... This chick really wrote down a bunch of definitions. I did. I did. Are you
2: not familiar with microaggressions? Yeah, but then, no, but these are like different, like it's, it's broken down
1: even more. Uh, you, you didn't get into the one where they broke it down into three different types? A micro insult. Yeah, that one didn't make any sense to me. Why? Did it make sense to you? Micro assault, mm, micro, micro in-
2: invalidation, mm-hmm. and micro exclusion. How did that make sense to
1: you? I, I, I thought the analysis was just a little too much at that point like you're really trying to create this kind of deep theoretical structure rather than just like it's just you
2: just put it all under umbrella of microaggression yeah like
1: people are asses like <laughs> it, i and so they they engage But in i these. think it's,
2: i think but okay so then instead of even using the terms like i think the definitions are good mm-hmm. like yeah I, I you're you're so difficult
1: well let's start with microaggressions let <laughs> Let's start with the biggest umbrella, because I think if we get two in the weeds, but okay. But I mean, what are your thoughts? Go ahead. <sighs> Speaking of microaggressions, it's you about wish to we happen. Were talking about the weather not? I do wish <laughs> we were talking about the weather.
2: Go ahead and say something that is going to be somewhat like uh, aggressive.
1: I I got lots. <laughs> Me and Ron DeSantis. <laughs> uh, well, I think he's just pretty blatant. I don't know how micro <laughs> that is. Yeah, but anyway, so. Microaggressions, what was the definition you wrote down for that?
2: I didn't, I wrote down my four mini ones
1: oh, I thought she only had three mini ones Mm-mm. Okay, so have you experienced microaggressions? Let's start there
2: Okay, um, I just, I think it, it happens all the time um, Like where someone is asking about my hair Mm-hmm. Or someone would be asking about um, Oh, you should Smell more. You look so Beautiful when you smell
1: So those are examples, right? Mm-hmm. What, what would you Give for a definition?
2: Um, I think just subtle um, either, conscious, either Consciously or unconsciously People will make these subtle comments Gestures um, They're just like Innuendos to another To a minority, a minority um, That is I, I don't know that would be seen as like an insult to us, but then mm-hmm. they they don't see it as such when it's pointed out. I think they see it as like their day to day type of like interactions with someone, but and so they don't see the despair. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: I was gonna say, would you agree that it's subtle enough that they can almost back away from it and act like you're the one with the issue for being offended by it? Yeah, of course. Okay, I mean, yeah. Amin, what's what's your definition?
0: Sometimes, uh, I, I think, uh, where, where you said it's subtle enough that they wouldn't understand why it's insulting or whatever, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's quite large. Like, mm-hmm. I even struggle with the term microaggression only because of the micro part. Because but you I think, think
2: it's just aggression?
0: Not, but micro is, like, a really small amount. And I think it's somewhere between, like, a really small amount and blatant aggressive, uh, aggressive behavior. Mm-hmm. And I don't exactly know why I think that.
2: Like you don't see it as – like you oftentimes don't see it as subtle.
0: Like the example that you gave where people are commenting about your hair, how you should wear it, if they could touch it, that's out of bounds. You know, like That's,
1: that's non-consensual. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's way more than what I would say is something that's micro where it's like, oh, you just didn't know. It's like this is a person-to-person respect thing, I feel like. But
2: do you feel like it happens – I think in a workplace, maybe, Mm -hmm. I think maybe in like meetings or something where someone is like, just looked over constantly, like those type of micro, but do you feel like people will then back for that? I think people will back out of that and be like, Oh, I didn't intentionally do this. I mean, to do this, it's almost like a gaslighting technique.
0: Exactly. But I think that's why I think micro really under undermines how negative the behavior is like if you're ignoring a human being in front of you Mm -hmm. for whatever reason if it's subconscious or conscious whatever you're still ignoring a person that's in front of you Mm -hmm. and and so i think that's more than something that i would say is micro because i don't know not to be too nerdy but like micro is like 10 to the negative 6 uh, (laughs) amount of something and i don't know that it feels like it's way more than
1: (laughs) you know you know how people will say not to be racist but Like, I think he just did that. With being a nerd. (laughs) Yeah, like, not to be too nerdy, but the scientific (laughs) definition of micro...
0: But it, I do think it undermines a lot of it. And so when you talk to somebody who is constantly microaggressive, they'll be like, oh, you're overreacting. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, we'll talk
1: about that gaslighting approach that's used to justify mm-hmm. microaggressions. And we'll go through in the episode about ways to challenge microaggression and also ways to receive feedback. Mm-hmm. So someone asked on TikTok, how do I help family understand microaggressions? Can I or is it a lost cause? And I, I think you can. Oh, my goodness. Do you see that microaggression I mean? that microaggressive? I was trying to share my experience and you invalidated it by interrupting me. Go, please go ahead and comment. Do you know how difficult it is to be oh a white God. male in today's society?
2: <laughs> so hard for
1: you. Oh my so God. Uh, where was I? At? Oh, so I think we're going to go through that. But we always challenge people, right? Start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't try and teach other people anything. Don't try... If anything, kind of lead by example. And then we'll get into some of the techniques, like if people are using microaggressions, how you can challenge them a little bit. Maybe things to do, things not to do, that kind of stuff. But I think it's always good if we start with personal experience. I don't have any because I'm <laughs> a white male. The other part of it is we're just doing microaggressions about race today because this season is on race. And so, therefore, we're, lo- uh, we're kind of leaving out intentionally um, other communities that receive microaggressions just because we don't have as much experience mm-hmm. within those communities. So, I mean, at what age did you kind of pick up on microaggressions? At what age did you start feeling them?
0: Uh, so, early on in... Can you want to give Alan- a
1: bit of background just in case this is someone's first episode?
0: That, that's a good idea. So, I am an Arab American. I was born in America in West Virginia. Uh, but I first started... You got
1: a birth certificate, buddy?
0: <laughs> Somewhere. Maybe not... Which is like That's one of the funny, perfect right? signs yeah. Yeah.
1: Of, of like that that, that was a microaggression, but that macroaggression <laughs> yep. and how quickly people are like, if you're not a white male, mm-hmm. I need to see that birth certificate. But yep. anyway, sorry, go ahead.
0: But starting in elementary school, they tried to put me in that uh, English as a secondary language program. No way. Yep. And oh they, gosh, they would always compliment my ability to speak and read and talk in English. And I was like, I grew, I grew up here. And I'd go home and I'd tell my parents, hey, they want me to do this program. And my parents flipped out. <laughs> they were like, what do you mean se- uh, second language or whatever? I was like, I know two languages. Maybe they just mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that I know two. It's a program for people oh with multiple goodness. languages. So, <laughs> so I Could you take... spoke
1: French, Arabic, mm-hmm. English growing up? Yep,
0: yep, that whole mix. Uh, but, yeah, so I came home confused about it. Then they got upset. And then I realized, oh, <laughs> this is weird and so that was probably the first one I
1: can remember okay wow but that's not really a microaggression is it that's so. a systemic racism <laughs> yeah. <laughs> issue Yeah. So, so tell us a bit more about a microaggression that you may have experienced I go back to kind of your soccer playing days
0: okay tell hey, me more wait, tell, your experience tell me about his life
1: please do I think about stories you tell about playing soccer and just the different ways that parents would react to you and you knew mm-hmm. it was about um, cultural issues mm-hmm. or racial issues um, but if you challenged them how quickly they would have denied that
0: interesting I don't know. I felt like a lot of that was blatant racism as well. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but you, I guess
2: it goes back to what your definition uh-huh. is, right, about micro. Like, you don't see it as that small
0: mm-hmm. yeah. sense
2: of, like, um, of racism or aggression.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can't think of any of the soccer ones being micro. I guess maybe when they talked about my play style, but maybe I just now am registering that that may have been mm-hmm. microaggressive. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, what about in college?
0: In general? In college? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think when people would always ask me, where are you from? And mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I'm from Oregon West Virginia. And then they go, but where are you from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. With like the very elaborate O oh and from. And mm-hmm. then I have to give them my whole lineage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of my
1: Asian American friends always got that in college. Yeah. Um, it's kind of same with you. Like, oh, wow, you speak English really well. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, probably because I grew up 30 minutes away. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, yeah, yeah, but where are you from? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm from 30 minutes away. But where are you really mm-hmm. from? Right. And just this constant insinuation that you're somehow not as American.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Okay. What about well, you, I was Moussa? thinking
0: about that. Um,
2: I don't know. I mean, I went to, I think maybe up until I was in elementary school and public elementary school. Like, and I don't think I remember. Any type of like, and it may have happened or like people saying like, oh, you know, um, I know you read well, you're articulate and those kind of things versus like, why do we have to make a point to say those things about, you know, someone.
1: And I think that's an important aspect of microaggressions is that the person delivering them will often defend it as a compliment. Mm -hmm. Like, how can that be a microaggression? I was complimenting how well you read. Right. And what you heard is.
2: Oh, someone in your family is like, oh, you speak a bit posh. <laughs> what the hell?
1: I didn't know it was gonna become a family episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> First time you met them? Nah. No. <laughs> no. Nah. Were we married at the time nah. with kids? I don't know. Oh bless. <laughs>
2: So, yes, would that be considered microaggressive?
1: And so that it brings up another aspect of microaggression that you're often prevented from even responding meaningfully.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like at that point, you're just like, what What do you, how do you even respond to that? Mm-hmm.
1: Because in that point, there's this pressure upon you, right, not to say anything. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So you think about, as I said, like with family, we can go through a list with my family, I think on the comments you like, um, oh, no,
2: we'll, yes, yeah, so we have a whole list. I'll mess them <laughs> up now.
1: I get to share.
2: Um, so especially in the workplace like you're in is if you because first of all if you are of color and you are in like a ceo or a cfo no one's going to challenge you. no one's going to say anything you know to you but if you're anything under that like
1: what you i think to ceos say? and cfos get it all the time too but to the people that work under them yes hmm. yeah. i and that's what's fascinating about it and that i think is what Maybe European Americans won't understand that no matter what your position or no matter how much power you have. Think about Obama, mm-hmm. president of America, mm-hmm. and people are complaining about the color of the suit he wore mm-hmm. versus other presidents doing insane stuff mm-hmm. and not being challenged in the same right. way he Oh, was he
2: went and played golf like, you know... Or he's out playing golf. He should be doing something where other presidents have. That's
1: what they did for the entire term. And then the intersectionality of sexism and his wife received even more Mm -hmm. microaggressions.
2: And she talked about like she would not like now she wear wear her hair in braids. She's like she purposely would not wear him in braids. Then knowing that it was a healthy protective style for uh, for black women and she couldn't do it She said because she knew that she would get the backlash.
1: Mm hmm. And so I think that's an interesting part of that intersectionality and identity um, that plays such a role in microaggressions Mm -hmm. and people feeling um, that they have the right to comment on your lived experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I was watching a TikTok. um, (laughs) I don't know what that TikTok comment even means, but I'm glad they put it in uppercase so that that we could read it clearly.
0: (laughs) They're always very loud. His middle name was Hussein. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, buddy.
1: And so you see this, like, people just being very emotionally reactive in the comments. To,
2: like, Obama.
1: Yep. <laughs> but anyways, go ahead. Um, so you see the inter- intersectionality it. of identity. And I don't think it matters how much power you have because people will use that gaslighting technique of mm-hmm. saying, oh, that wasn't what you thought it was.
0: hmm Yeah. Larry David did an episode on it uh, with the black doctor that was going for a run. He was like, oh, is this an affirmative action thing? (laughs) (laughs) And the whole episode was about everybody being offended at his comment. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's probably likely (laughs) for Larry Um. David. (laughs)
2: I watched a um, TikTok the other day and it was, uh, they were talking about microaggression. It was like a doctor and it was a white woman. She was like playing like the doctor and the patient. And so it was like the white doctor going in and seeing the white patient. I'm like, hey, miss, you know, uh, Mr. Amin, how are you doing today? But, you know, and then they, the it's a white doctor and then the black patient's like, hey, girl, what's going on? How are you doing? <laughs> And it's so funny because I will get that. like mm-hmm. it is like I will be in a particular store and I will and like and I'm waiting like the, the person in front of me is a is Caucasian and they're like, oh you know, so and so have a great day. It was good seeing you again. blah blah and I'm just and like the next person, girl, how what's going on? How are you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. Like why, why why are we changing our tone? Like why are you talking like this?
1: And it's typically the white women, right?
2: Yeah, it it always is. It's, um, and so what's great, and I'm like, I'm not giving it back to them. I'm like, hey, girl, I'm like, yeah, I'm great. How
1: are you? Like, and that's when you get I'm the compliments about sounding so it. posh. Um, so I think about within my own family comments I've heard growing up. And so first it was on my um, eldest brother was dating someone from Sri Lanka who he ended up marrying. They've been, I think they've been married like 25 30, years. It's 30 been a years, long time, yeah. 30 years or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when she first came to the table, uh, one of my grandparents were like, wow, she really brings a lot of color to the table. Isn't this nice? And it was <laughs> oh such God. an example of that, like, I'm giving a compliment. Why is everybody so upset? And then I think of you entering uh, my family's life, and just the comments of um Oh what, God, I have Why countless. Do Your People <laughs> It's been a classic.
2: I mean we've had situations where another um in law is from um Thanks, ISIS. from Cambodia and someone in the family was like, We're waiting on food and they're like, Oh, you can just you can just, you know, whip up some stir-fry rice for us. Yeah, I have a walk, I'll pull it out. And you're like, What? Mm-hmm. The hell?
1: Mm-hmm. And it goes on and, and on yeah. and on. So yeah. some people might be listening to this and be like, well, what's the issue? If people were less sensitive, then we could talk more openly about race. And the issue is that some studies demonstrate microaggressions have a worse impact than what Amin was talking about in terms of like Just macroaggressions mm-hmm. on an individual's mental health. Because
2: mm-hmm. it is it's so, like you said, it's one it's supposed to be subtle, but then people get back away from it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just and again, you you find yourself in positions where you can't always speak up and say something because it will definitely be an issue. If it was somebody on the streets that I didn't know, like, yeah, absolutely. You can challenge that. Um, I think sometimes a bit quicker than you can in other
1: settings. And so the responsibility is always on the individual identified as the minority, right, Mm -hmm. to then defend themselves. Or just swallow it. To then to kind of navigate that power structure Mm -hmm. in a way that won't further adversely impact them. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of um, individuals, when they receive these microaggressions, tend to just "quote unquote" swallow them, mm-hmm. which then impacts their own mental health. It impacts their own productivity of their students. It impacts their performance. It impacts their ability to feel connected to the educational system and to graduate, and to feel meaningfully involved. And the mm-hmm. same thing with workplaces. Mm-hmm. And so I think people sometimes hear the term micro, like Amin was doing a great job. What, what was the uh, number again, Amin? 10 to the negative <laughs>
0: six.
1: The micro oh, means 10 to the negative um, six. <laughs> it, it's so out of context. It's, anyway, <laughs> so um, I think when they hear that, they think, oh, it's no big deal. And the reason we're doing a whole episode on it is because it's a huge deal for people's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of the recent. Um, Like yesterday, Florida published their guidelines for African-American history in middle school. And they're going to be teaching that there's pros and cons of slavery. And that one of the pros was that black um, slaves or black people who were enslaved, sorry, um, got the benefit of learning some important life skills. And so there's
2: so many things that I'll just refrain from saying
1: The room's kind of gone quiet, right? Because if our children were in that educational system, the pain that they would experience in having to learn those lessons, the pain that you as a parent sending them into that situation would then experience and how that shapes the culture as a whole.
2: And what is so, I think, just discouraging about all this is that people don't have... The resources. Everyone doesn't have the resources to say, I'm going to pull my kid out of the school system and I'm going to put them in a different setting where they wouldn't have that. You know, I'm going to homeschool them because they just can't, they don't have the time, they just don't have the ability to do that. So then they have to like place their kid in this environment.
1: And I think more than that, like the formality of that being the curriculum means if anyone challenges any kind of idea of bias, implicit bias within the school, Because that's been taught as the curriculum, the kids are being taught to respond with, well, no, those things didn't happen that you're upset about. Mm -hmm. And so this gaslighting starts happening on a much Mm -hmm. more macro level. Mm -hmm. And so when you see these types of things happen, it's almost like these microaggressions turn into this incredibly large snowball that just create generations of more trauma for a group that was already traumatized in the first place. Mm. And why are we doing it? Because white parents are afraid that kids will feel uncomfortable if they learn the truth. And so we are much more concerned with protecting the comfort of of white kids mm -hmm. than we are preventing non-white kids from experiencing trauma. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see with microaggressions, is that microaggressions create so much trauma for people, but yet it's very difficult to effectively challenge them. Right. I mean, you look very contemplative-
0: I think what's even more disgusting, it's as disgusting as it could possibly be. But I think uh, what's even more disgusting is, like, if they, for example, answer these questions differently on a test, they can fail
1: that, mm-hmm. that right. course. And so, so they so then have to, like, verbally. verbally they have mm-hmm. to
0: verbally agree to this version of history in order to pass this class, and in where order the to f- get are they
2: getting this information yes. from? Like, what book did you go, and, like, we resource, you know, like, where, where did you source this from? Where did you pull this from that you are now putting this in a f-ing textbook exactly, and saying like, yeah, we, you know, this is our source. This is where we got this information from. Yeah.
1: It and seems think like about, think about the black teacher. <laughs> <Blood> <laughs> history who's made it part of their profession because they're so passionate about sharing this with kids and how history enriches the lives of kids and prevents us from experiencing atrocities that we have in the past is now met with this obligation of either teaching these lies that create trauma in him sharing with people, knowing that he's sharing this trauma with students or leaving the profession he loves. Yeah. And it just goes on and on and on. <clears throat> I saw a great video of um, all these books being pulled out of a Florida school. And um, there were some black caretakers who were tasked with putting the books in into this um, trundle, I guess you would call it, like mm-hmm. this large kind of cart, And um, they were traumatized as they were going through these books, realizing what was getting pulled out of these libraries. Because they're like, I can't believe this next generation is not going to have access to this. But we're kind of going into macro traumas, right? Yeah. (laughs) Systemic traumas. So we can pull back a little bit. Um, Why do you think microaggressions happen? What do you think the purpose of them is? And I kind of think there's two types. So I'm curious. Why do you think it exists? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Why do people use microaggressions, do you think?
0: They don't have minority friends and people around them, I think. And so they have these thoughts that they think are okay in their head. So you think part of it is ignorance? I think, uh, yeah, Mm. part of it. Yeah, part of it, I
1: think, Uh, is ignorance. And I think these are the two types. Uh I think one type is definitely, like, an ignorance type. Uh So,
2: like, so you're saying, like, people who, like, we talked about Mm -hmm. this in a previous episode where you have people who, like, geographically, they're just not around Mm -hmm. minorities,
1: Maybe or, not even, even geographically, yeah, just...
0: Friend group, mm-hmm. okay. because like uh, that, that thing that you were talking about where people would say you speak English so well, that happened to me and my friends in college constantly, mm-hmm. and I remember I had this uh, uh, friend that was a girl, and she was super impacted by this, and she really like yelled at this guy back uh, for doing that. And then at the same time, the guy looked genuinely confused. He thought he was complimenting her. I think he was even trying to flirt with her. And so it was like a very weird... Or as weird... The kids
1: say, the riz.
0: Well, I, yeah, but so it was interesting to see. And a part of me was feeling bad for him. But then I was like, wait, he just insulted my friend. You mm. know, like I, I'm on her side, but I'm confused just listening to it mm. all. Because it does... I, I mean, I could see someone who knows no better be like, I was trying to compliment, but at the same... So I don't know.
1: Should we call that microaggression type one, the ignorant yeah. microaggression? Okay. Yeah. Where the comment is made really with good intentions mm. and just the individual having no... Education experience mm-hmm. to recognize the harm of those mm-hmm. comments.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh, I have an example, but go ahead No, 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 that'd be
1: no, perfect
2: no, timing. no. Huh, go ahead perfect. Uh, uh, no, no, you your give provide the
1: other definition and then we can I, talk I, about I, it between I, two. I want this one to be fleshed out first.
2: No, well, it may be it may be blatant can you so go
1: ahead. Not to be so aggressive with me <laughs> Please provide the next um uh, And that's one of the biggest microaggressions I see in the workplace is the tone policing.
2: Oh, I wrote that down as an example, too. Go
1: ahead. It's okay. You can steal my examples. Um, So I think the second one is what I call like the mean girl microaggression, where um, you're attempting to passively aggressively hurt someone. Mm -hmm. And it's like that mean girl like, oh, I love how your house is just so simple. And it must be so easy to take care of. And it's like a blatant insult Mm -hmm. meant to be an insult, Mm -hmm. but covered in kind of quote unquote icing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw this great TikTok and this black woman was talking about how difficult it is to be a black woman. And she's like, but I'm glad I don't have to be a white woman. She's like, because white women are not kind to each other. right?" She's like, in the microaggressions I experienced being a black woman and, and nothing, this is her experience, nothing compared to how white women police each other. And are just mean to each other. She's like, in the black community, we tend to be much more supportive and collective with mm-hmm. each other. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. But anyway, that's the second time a microaggression that I see when it comes to race is like that mean girl, I'm going to check you. Like, I think you're doing too well. Or I think that you have things I want or you have a position in this organization that um, is above me and I'm resentful about that. And so I'm going to check you and make you feel bad with this mean girl
2: microaggression. Mm-hmm. So my, Do you example. That? Yeah. My example, I was going to give up to one. For the first
1: or for the second? Um, oh, we could play, know, we, we like could play the game. What okay. type of microaggression is this? So... I mean, can you play some of the theme music, please? Please don't. Oh, you yeah, guys can't hear we it. We can't much. hear it. Oh, yeah. If you're on TikTok or YouTube, you can't hear it right now. But so, if you're on the podcast, it's um, a good
2: time. Oh, my God. Are y'all done? All right. So someone asked uh, a friend of ours... Uh, who is a physician? Um, they were, they were like, just cur- They just met the doctor
1: and was like, Oh, so by someone, you-, you mean one of my family members? Yes.
2: <laughs> I was trying not to say that, but they were like, Oh, so like, uh, what, um, what do you do for a living? And they're like, I'll work in the medical field. And they're like, Oh, so like, did you go to college? And they're like, yeah, I went to college. And i like, oh, so did you like, and they're like asking them did you all, graduate? did you graduate <laughs> from college? And they're like, yeah. And so they eventually said, oh, well, I'm a doctor and like. Oh really? You're a doctor? Like, I mean, and they were just genuinely shocked. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what medical school did you go to? And like, when did you finish medical school? I mean, just all these questions. But they went. We were like, we told them afterwards, like, this is highly offensive, and they were just taken aback. They, they were just like, No, kinda, I was just I
1: complimenting them. I was really impressed, and blah, blah 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 blah. And they looked so young. I couldn't believe they were forty. Just
2: <laughs> really, I mean, genuinely shocked that this person was in fact a doctor.
1: So anyway, let's take a minute to recap on TikTok. Um, So, someone shared that um, they're experiencing it in this job today. Oh, goodness. And I think, um, oh, man, I forget her name now. She's a late night talk show host. She is Amber Ruffin. Her and her sister wrote a book about this. And so, Amber Ruffin's in New York City. She's like, in her workplace, she doesn't have to deal with this. Like, people know better. She's like, but her sister lives in the Midwest and works in different types of nonprofits Mm -hmm. in the medical field. And her sister is continually... Like five times a day dealing with this. And so she will call Amber or text Amber about the that she has to deal with. And so the one that starts the book out is her um, sister goes to cash a check. And um, her sister has Harriet Tubman on her checks. And so she passes it over uh, to the cashier at the bank. And the guy's like, oh, you were able to get your your picture imposed on your own checks? That's really cool. <laughs> And it's like story after story after story. Now, I've read thousands, probably literally thousands mm-hmm. of books about race. And this one was comical, but yet impacted me so deeply because it gave you such an insight into the multiple times a day mm-hmm. that the individual experiences this. Mm-hmm. And I think the book's called something like, my sister tells me or something like that, or that happens to my sister. Um, but look up Amber Ruffin. and look up that book. It's amazing. Um, and then someone commented on TikTok. Love this discussion. We do too. We we appreciate the support. If you're enjoying this discussion, please share um, this live. Please tap the screen to like it. Um, feel free to support us in any way.
2: So there is um, someone who uh, we used to live around,
1: and our kids. <laughs> Wait, would... real quick, so someone commented: "A mean, pregnant white woman is absolutely getting away with nasty comments and behavior." Has that been your experience, Jamisa? Do what now? <laughs> A mean, pregnant white woman is absolutely getting away with nasty comments and behavior.
2: A mean, pregnant white woman? Probably so. <laughs>
1: Any excuse they can add yeah. to, the, yeah. to This is arsenal. why. Yeah. Like, this is why I was being insensitive. This is why I belittled you.
2: So there is um, someone we used to live around, and the kids would be, our kids, along with a bunch of other kids, would just be outside playing, right? This particular parent, um, and... I mean, our kid, so you have kids who are kind of like, you know, just whatever they have on their clothes, they, typical kid stuff. This person would always go, and I would watch, like, you know, just being observant here and there with the kids, uh, would go and look at the tag of my kids, of my daughter's clothes to find out where I got them from.
1: And then what would be the next comments?
2: Oh, up front this person? Mm-hmm. Your kids dress so
1: nice. It's like, oh, I wouldn't have expected it to come from there.
2: And I'm like, uh right. so the last time it happened, I was I I'm looking, my daughter just got from school, they're outside playing, and they walk over to her and flip the back of her dress to see where the, 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 no the dress came from. Asked, no.
1: nothing. And it's such that sense of white people not recognizing that them touching black bodies without consent has such a problematic history. You just need to stop.
2: And it's like, go, please. At this point, I was like waiting. I'm like, she need to go around to all these other little, these other four or five kids right here and flip the back of their clothes. They see where their parents got their clothes from. Mm -mm.
1: No. And I think children experience this the most because they had the least power to challenge Mm -hmm. it. So think about the times that like our kids will go to school on crazy hair day and we've done nothing with their hair. And then she'd be like, oh, I think it's so cute what you did with Izzy's <laughs> yeah. hair. And so, and, uh, so like,
2: oh my gosh. Bitch, this is her hair. In preschool, so um, our daughter, her, I mean, she has like a lot of hair. And um, if we, and there's just times like, we'll, you know, we'll do the usual like, you know, moisturize or whatever. And I'm just not going to put anything on it. It's her hair, let it do what it do. And we had to like go in on these people in preschool. We would go pick her up and her hair was pulled back in a ponytail. And I'm like, do not touch her hair. Like, I was like, this is the second or third time. I was like when I, like, when I sent her to school, Like this is what I meant. Like, this is what I meant for her to have. So then, like, you know, um, I think after that, like, we, but, you know, the whole usually we're going to push, you know, put it back in a ponytail. And I'm like, oh, you did her hair today. It looks really nice. Like, what the hell? It looked nice when it was out in a fro.
1: And I think when white people hear these stories, they just minimize them so quickly. Mm-hmm. And they'll immediately tell you about the one time that something happened to their daughter with their hair as though it just happens to everybody mm-hmm. this way. I'm thinking of the have you guys, um, you probably heard about the Crown Act um, that came out of California um, to protect how, especially children of color, wear their hair at work or how people of color wear mm-hmm. their hair. And you hear these horrific stories about that top-tier wrestler who was given the option of shaving his hair off before the wrestling match, like a state championship wrestling match, or forfeiting the match. Mm-hmm. And it's just constant. People going to work with their hair just naturally, mm-hmm. being told that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm.
2: What were you going to say, I mean?
1: I think uh, the,
0: the scenario you talked about where she's checking your kids' tags, imagine if it was flipped. And it was a minority checking, checking their her attack. kids. Yeah, that might be the last day of that minority's life.
2: Like, but that might be the
0: last day that minority has their life as they know it in one yeah. way or another. They would freak out. There would be police involved. Mm-hmm. There would be all this you kind told you, my happening. kid. And they're just doing this without consent and then hiding behind the ignorance because they, mm-hmm. they probably don't even do it to other white kids.
2: Yeah, like I'm telling you, all the other yeah. white kids wasn't in the even neighborhood. To your story.
0: How do you feel about like that? But they, I, I they, had they had didn't such
1: even?
2: Emotional reaction. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the other kids. I'm, I'm, the last time she did it, like I like looked, and I'm just like didn't touch any other kids back of their their clothes.
1: No. And here's what's interesting. Like sometimes people will pull us aside, friends and stuff, be like you guys talk kind of openly about some of these things on your podcast. Aren't you concerned? And so that's the rub. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to speak openly about these things that happen to you. You then face backlash. Mm -hmm. And so we'll have black friends kind of pull us aside and be like, is this safe? Because they know inherently that the people who speak up are the ones who are going to lose out. Mm -hmm. For example, does anyone know where the term cracker comes from? Cracker barrel? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's the crack on the whip. Yeah, the whip. Mm -hmm. And so our friend, that's according to Deb. And the world, according to Deb, is a slightly different world. Shout out to our good friend, Deb. Oh,
2: my goodness. I can't with you. But
1: oftentimes, European Americans will be like, that's an offensive term. But the power imbalance in that term is really offensive towards black people. Mm-hmm. And so you talk about how these things get flipped all the time to protect white feelings. Mm-hmm. And you just see it over and over mm-hmm.
2: and over. I had another example. I can't remember it now. Oh, I have one where there was a kid um, that was like, he had locks, but his locks were, um, they were just like, just free, very freestyle. And i never forget. There is an older white lady looked at him and was like, and what are you doing to your hair? And you just like, what Like he was like this is my hair like what are you talking about but like they just like was just going in on a kid about all these like, you know pull your pants up blah blah and what are you doing to your hair and he's like this is my hair like i'm not doing it i have locks
1: so one of my favorite tiktok accounts right now is this uh, black guy who just fishes in his neighborhood
2: oh yeah have you seen him yes
1: <laughs> he's <awesome>. freaking hilarious <laughs> and he just videotapes white people coming up and calling the police on him
2: because it so the the pond the fishing pond is just for the the residents of the neighborhood, and apparently it's it's a really nice neighborhood. And so the residents think that he is coming into the neighborhood and fishing there. Yeah.
1: And so if you were to challenge these white people and say, oops, sorry about that. Something just clicked on the microphone. If you were to challenge them and say, hey, this is racist behavior. No, 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 because this is what he does. And they're like, no, no, no. I'm just trying to protect my, protect from what?
2: They're like, dumb, dumb, well, I'll live
1: here. Why are you not challenging white people in the same way you are fishing in this mm-hmm. pond? And so they constantly kind of hide behind this. I'm just doing the God's work. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Versus I need to change. Mm-hmm. Like these microaggressions that I'm attacking people with are not healthy for the communities I live in.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: So next steps, now that we've talked a little bit about what microaggressions are. Do you want to start with European Americans? Or do you want to start with people who receive microaggressions in terms of what they could do different? Uh, well, you tell us. Do you want to get into your different categories? Do you think that might be helpful for folks? It might be. Right. So first of all we have the two categories we talked about, right? Which is the ignorant microaggressions. Because mm-hmm. I think that'll create a different response. You're
2: gonna have something to say. you are be like, this is
1: all falls under microaggression. And then we have um the mean girl microaggression that Jamisa's done a great job okay. illustrating right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, you but you have uh then we have these four almost subcategories of microaggressions right. in general, right?
2: So you have the microinsult, and it's communicat- communicating, uh, communication that conveys rudeness and sensitivity um, and demeans a person's racial heritage or identity. Okay. Uh, we have micro assault. It's an explicit racial uh, uh, derogatory characterization of um, verbal and nonverbal assault. So like clutching a bag. When someone's oh, on like the elevator, locking your, locking your door, when someone's walking down the street kind of thing, um, name calling, having offensive signs um, or some sort of visual display that may be like insensitive. Like wearing a
1: Confederate flag. Yes.
2: Yeah. A Confederate flag on the front of your, mm-hmm. your car kind of situation. A mega hut. Yes. Listening
1: to Jason Aldean. <laughs>
2: Micro-invalidation, uh, to make people feel invisible, dismissed, um, thoughts, feelings, of their thoughts, feelings, and experiences. And the micro-exclusion may be kind of similar-ish to micro-invalidation, but it's small behaviors that go under the radar, but when experienced consistently, are casual in um, our feelings and individual exclusion, so economic, political, social, and cultural.
1: Okay. I really like the micro-invalidation. I think that one happens so much. Mm -hmm. People invalidate other people's experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember when a friend of ours came to one of the places I worked and gave a speech about her intersectionality between being a bisexual black woman and a lawyer and a social worker and a bunch of other wild achievements that she's received in her life. And from the minute she stopped talking to getting in the car, she had European American after European American come up and invalidate each of her points that she had talked about and mm-hmm. say, well, I don't think that's really racism because my cousin experienced blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Or I have a friend's brother, stepsisters, neighbor who also is a lawyer and they feel mm-hmm. like it's just constantly. And I think that invalidation is just something in general we can all work on. Right. Rather than telling people why what they're saying isn't true, we can just move towards like a tell me more. Mm-hmm. All right. So how... What, what would you all recommend? Let's say Jamisa is the recipient of a microaggression today. Let's say I tell an insensitive joke. What are you some always of do. Yeah, that's true. So this is probably a good one for us to practice. So what can Jamisa do to point that out? What are effective ways of challenging microaggressions?
2: Um, I can say, uh, Ben, when you made the comment about, I don't know what.
1: Hmm. Let's say I lock the door in the morning as you walk past the car. (laughs) Doing that to your wife is
0: nuts.
1: (laughs) I did it with my kids too because they they were they were looking a little intimidating.
0: (laughs) So uh, Ben, I
2: couldn't
1: believe that was her natural hair.
2: When I when I walk past your car and you locked it. That really, uh, I felt offended that, you know, and please explain to me why you felt that you need to lock your car door when I walked by.
1: And I like the strategy of putting the pressure on the other person. Mm-hmm. So like with jokes saying, can you explain to me why that joke's funny? Mm-hmm. And I think that strategy, mm-hmm. of, because otherwise, if you say I felt offended and this kind of stuff, they're immediately going to turn it back mm-hmm. on you.
2: But yeah, like, why did you feel the need to lock the door when I, when I walked mm-hmm. past? Um,
1: oh, you asked me literally? Yeah. Oh, cuz I'm intimidated by black people.
2: <laughs> what about me makes you feel intimidated?
1: Well, I've been listening to Jason Aldeens music.
2: Mm-mm, no, what about
1: me, Jamisa, no, no, no. that me has you... taught me that car, that black people like to carjack. And oh. so after listening to his music, I this realized it goes
0: so bad on TikTok. <laughs> we need
1: disclaimers
0: like but all seriously, the time. Yes. <laughs> like, <just laughs> content-
2: but but I think what happens is that people will make comments like that, right? And I think you almost have to go back to like really personalizing it for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm asking you specifically about me mm-hmm. as an individual what when have i ever you know made you feel like you like you need to be afraid of me mm-hmm. that i was somehow like a, the scary person mm-hmm.
1: or just asking why did you choose to lock your door because
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i you know someone said something i think it's maybe true like the moment you uh, tell someone that they're just being racist and that's it that it's easy for them to dismiss it versus i'm going to put the ownership back on
1: you mm-hmm. yeah and so staying away from this you made me feel because i think a lot of times they're not really caring and remember, European Americans have this really fragile sense of self, and so the minute you kind of crack that at all, they're going to come out with the uh, guns blazing, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Which is half the reason that music like Jason Aldean's become so popular, because mm-hmm. people feel like this push um, for equity and inclusivity really threatens their sense of self, and they get so fragile about it, that they then come out with these kind of white supremacist anthems. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, what about you? I mean, what kind of strategies have you used when confronted with microaggressions?
0: Yelling, arguing, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know if I have a great strategy for that. I like what you guys just mentioned about asking questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually I'll just make a mental note that this person's like this and try not to associate with them as much yeah. anymore. Uh, but yeah, nothing specific. And I
1: So if, that's one option, right? Yeah. Is recognizing I'm not going to change anything mm-hmm. here. Um, and we can talk about how workplaces prevent you from often having mm-hmm. that ability. Um, I think another option is like watching people on TV shows or podcasts or somewhere who do it really well and mimicking their behavior.
2: Yeah. Because
1: oh. you come across some people that are just naturally brilliant at mm-hmm. the way they respond to some of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think AOC in the way she mm-hmm. like handles herself um, with white males is incredibly impressive. Impressive. Sorry. And um, I really like watching the videos of her having these debates with people yeah, and trying to mimic some of those strategies that she uses. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, I, and so the reason I really liked what you guys said about asking questions, too, because like you said, when you start saying, I felt like this, they love saying, oh, I'm sorry you felt that way.
1: Mm-hmm. And that is one <laughs> That's of That's Jamisa's favorite type of apology. <laughs> that one drives me Wait, you're not denying this, Jamisa?
2: I, I, I don't know how this got turned back on me.
1: <laughs> Because my fragile white ego was feeling bit challenged by today's topic. Clearly. So I was looking for cracks in your own mm-hmm. behavior. Um, and so the three strategies we talked of so far is, one, even evaluating, like, is it worth mm-hmm. me challenging this? Mm-hmm. Is this someone that I can talk to about this? Two, mm-hmm. um, asking a lot of questions. Hey, tell me why that joke is funny. I'm, I'm struggling to understand the humor in it. And I use that one a lot in workplaces. mm mm-hmm. And um, when I hear something that I feel is inappropriate, um, because people always kind of laugh after they make microaggressions, and so tell me why that was funny. I mm-hmm. really struggle, and they're like, "Oh, you're just being too...". Sad. No, no, no. I'd would really like, like to I'm, understand. Yeah, I'm just curious mm-hmm. about why. I want you to walk me through it, mm-hmm. and then you will see that realization creep over them, like, "Oh crap, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said it that way." Mm-hmm. And then um, we talked about third kind of mimicking, like seeing people who do this stuff well and mimicking some of the strategies they use. Uh, I get caught up in this a little bit because like with the whole mindfulness movement, there's this kind of um, desire within me to treat people kindly and to treat people gently and to treat people very fairly. But then when I get into some of this stuff, I just feel like you can't so much rage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and when it's about your children and when it's about your family Mm -hmm. and when it's about just humans in general, it's very difficult to just... When people are using these microaggressions and you can tell they're using the mean girl kind where they mean it and they're trying to assert their own dominance because they feel they've lost dominance somewhere. Um, I find that difficult to navigate those two. Um, I think
2: those... Like, when you have the mean girl type of thing, like, to me, it's like, I'm just not even going Like, I'm just gonna stay away because you're just, like... A d- and like, there's just no reason to even say anything because nothing that you're going to say, like if you question them, like they already, they probably already thought in their mind before they, they came out, you know, the words came out in their mouth about how they would probably defend that. And so it's like, I, there's, you're not going to get, you're not going to get across to them mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. at all. I think I accidentally managed very well with the Mean Girl one, because maybe it's my inflated ego or whatever, but I always take the compliment, and uh, I remember somebody did something like that. I had a real rinky dink bicycle when I was in high school, so he' was like, "Oh, that's a really nice bicycle." And I was like, yeah, I think, I think it has some like uh, historic value or something. Thank you. <laughs> you. know And I just I don't pick up on it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and
1: I, I, like, I think you and I probably use that mm-hmm. approach. I don't know if it's due to being male, but I think you and I are both very quick. To mm-hmm. accept it the way it is mm-hmm. We always give the example that when someone's like Passive aggressively being like you've changed mm-hmm. Like man thank you for noticing Like I've been yeah. working hard on this mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I appreciate you noticing that I, I don't deal with individuals who are trifling anymore mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad that you've noticed This kind of stuff
2: <laughs> Yeah and right. so it's so funny because I think That's that quick witted stuff that I think That both of you have and I'll just be like I don't even like I'm just going to avoid you Because I don't know what else to say
1: so what if that person has a position of power over you at work? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I struggle with that one right
2: now.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what? Really? You know, Jamees is your boss right now. what okay. the hell? Wow. I
2: know.
1: do we need to talk about this, Amin? Yes. No. HR meeting. He's afraid to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what are some strategies there? I don't know. Document, document, document. Yeah. Document the hell out of everything. So everything
2: almost has to be through email, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Everything. Do not have gentle conversations with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Do not have informal conversations. If you have a conversation where you're not able to document it, document it right after. Um, Share all that documentation with HR, with your supervisor, with whoever, in order to create a clear line of communication. Mm -hmm. Um, With any of these things, if you're struggling with them, um, you're probably going to need more individual help. And I think that's when people tend to contact um, either us or other organizations that can really help people navigate those types of situations. um, Because all of this can be individual-based and you really need like almost an individual intervention plan. Right. So let's say I'm a well-meaning European-American and I've been engaging in kind of a pattern of uh, microaggressions, but in the first category, like the microaggressions where I'm just a bit ignorant. And so I'm like, you know, Jamisa, can I touch your hair? And so what are some ways, what are some advice you'd give to me to end this pattern of microaggressions? So let's say I've had a couple of people point out, like, Ben, I didn't appreciate you asking to touch my hair. Mm -hmm. Ben, I didn't appreciate that comment. I'm thinking, but I'm I'm just this happy, lucky-go guy, and I've just been trying to share my positivity, and I can't believe people are accusing me of this. What advice would you give me?
2: I think I would then explain to you about
1: why. What advice would you give me to process the information oh, process I've already it? been receiving?
2: I don't know. Um, I don't know about like, I don't know what advice I would give you. Like maybe thinking about ways that this could possibly
1: be put, um, like. What about the three trees of change? Anyone remember what they are?
0: Feeling grounded.
1: Thinking clearly
0: there you go and acting skillfully. Uh, skillfully. I blinked on that second one. I'm not thinking very clearly right now
1: And so I think the first piece of advice I'd give to European Americans receiving this feedback is ground yourself Mm -hmm. Before you say anything stupid before you try to defend yourself. Just breathe and ground yourself So I do this all the time when Jamise is being aggressive at home (laughs) And the first thing I do
2: Okay, so now you're saying the black woman is at home being how am I being aggressive? This is why I will be locking my doors He's so stupid. <laughs> you locked the bedroom door.
1: <laughs> I'm actually a little frightened of my kids, too. Uh, um, so, first thing I can do is just ground myself. And this is for anything, this is any type of situation where you're going to have delicate, difficult conversations. You have to. <laughs> we we got a bounce in viewership since <laughs> the inappropriate jokes. <laughs> but, uh, first thing you can do is just breathe Mm -hmm. and think to yourself what is my real identity what do i want to be do i want to be someone who's going around defending why they're in the right or do i want to be someone who really learns to care for people well
2: don't want to be the person that's walking around just rubbing minorities hair because you want to feel the texture of their hair
1: (laughs) i'm trying so hard right now. (laughs) (laughs) oh and then secondly, as your emotions calm down, you'll start to see that more clearly. Mm-hmm. You'll start to see, like, all I need to do right now is shut up and listen. And thirdly, skillful behavior, just apologize. That's all you have to do. Don't, don't justify it. Don't explain it. Don't explain, well, oh, I'm sorry, but. Don't do any of that kind of stuff. Don't do a Jamesa apology where you say, I'm sorry wow. that you feel that way. Stay away from all of that and just <clears throat> say, I'm really sorry. I've recognized that I've hurt your feelings because I was unskillful. I won't do it again. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Jimmy? So four parts.
2: Oh, shut up.
1: <laughs> you see what you mean?
0: Yeah. How do you manage?
1: I, it's difficult. It's difficult. I have a good trauma <sighs> coach on hand that helps me really process some of this speed dial.
2: Mm-hmm. So Ben, why do you feel that your black wife is aggressive?
1: I don't feel safe to say.
2: <laughs> so. so I am going to say, please stop.
0: <laughs> Disclaimer, Jamiesa and Ben are in a loving relationship. Yes. <laughs> Do not lock doors around each At other. At least for today. At least for now, as of yet.
2: We don't hide. Yeah, you don't hide mm-hmm. from your children.
1: Um, And I think it's something you've brought up from, from the jump with me is when I would say things that, like, so we use a lot of racial humor, right? Mm-hmm. But you were quick to set boundaries like if the majority of the people in the room are white, I do not want you using any racial humor. You're like, if it's all black and just you, I'm much more comfortable with it because Mm -hmm. then people are going to set you straight Mm -hmm. either way. And so I think there's things like this where you can you can lovingly learn from the people around you. But it goes back to previous episodes. Like if you've created a monoculture in your social life and in your family life,
2: you can't you cannot say stupid
1: and you're not going to you're not going to learn. Yeah. Like you're not going to receive that feedback because for an individual to give that feedback, they have to feel very close to you and very safe that they're not going to then receive repercussions. Mm-hmm. I think workplaces have a lot of work to do in this area because of that power imbalance. And I think workplaces need to create a structure that prevent these things from happening and give people like adequate alternatives when these things happen um, to address them. Absolutely. And I think a lot of workplaces don't take that seriously enough. And in doing so in not taking these things seriously enough, And they prevent people of color feeling safe in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And then they lose out on all that talent and all that ability. Mm -hmm. And I think that's incredibly sad. All right. So we're nearing the end of today's episode. Um, Those of you who are following on TikTok, feel free to share any last minute questions. Um, Feel free to let us know if you want Amin and Ben to continue with the dad jokes. Please please tell them to stop. And also vote on whether Jamisa and Ben should stay married for another week.
2: Or oh, if you're even allowed To like come back In the house Ben You being allowed To come back Into the house
1: mm. I think I'd feel Safer outside Oh
2: I have A moment where Ben Actually did they Leave me locked out the house
1: <gasps> Jimmy said <laughs> oh, um, One of our listeners Said divorce him <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's happening. Don't worry.
1: So, Jamisa, if you really want to talk about the the night you drank too much wine and locked yourself out of the house.
2: I did not. I had a two-year-old at our house who locked me out of the house unknowingly.
1: Anyways, this is a whole story. You had an unsupervised two-year-old at your house.
2: Will you stop? Listen. The kids and I were lying peacefully in bed. Ben was not asleep. And this man he hears me. I'm like, I'm locked out of the house. Like, there is no way I can get into the house. And I have, I'm ringing the doorbell. And ben, why didn't you use the empty ben wine ben is, bottles to is,
1: like knock on the door?
2: It's incredibly like he is a very light sleeper, and so he will hear anything. And I'm ringing the doorbell constantly, and he doesn't get up. So then I proceeded to go. I was able to get the garage door open, but I could not get, gain entry into the house. So I'm banking on the garage door, which is right by our room. And he doesn't do anything. But and did get I I called bed. you
1: and said, why are you making so much noise? <laughs> <laughs> Me and the kids you are trying to sleep in here. the doorbell ring. I did not hear the doorbell. Dude. First of all, um, our friend Deb explained that the two-year-old of all, did not lock the door, but that was entirely on you.
2: How why would I lock the, I've been living in this house for so many years I've never locked the bottom lock
1: hmm and yet it happened so moving forward next week's topic if we're gonna get a divorce or not we'll hold court <laughs> Are you ready for that one Amy? I
0: mean I can get a judge outfit and everything
1: so interracial divorces we've done interracial <laughs> marriages it's time for an episode on interracial divorces I hope everyone has a great week and um, you can watch this on YouTube Mondays it normally drops by noon. Is that right? I mean, yes, sir. And they drop on the podcast Wednesday. Wednesdays by what time? I mean,
0: about the same.
1: Uh, uh, uh. Let's say one we're, o'clock. We're trying to get mean to come up with more concrete timelines here. <laughs> one o'clock. Let's say that. All right. So we'll, we'll keep one o'clock for both YouTube on Mondays by one. Podcast drop. Why is he trying to have Wednesdays like an actual one. like
2: like a work meeting in the middle of a podcast? Is that what you're like? You're trying to like segue.
1: I think we can He's end it. I think we can end this podcast here. Thank you very uh, much. Whatever. Have a great week everyone.